Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. conversation with God the night before he saddled his donkey. Why, why do you want me to do this? I don't know if he got all of his questions answered or not, but he got it settled in his heart that he could trust God. That's why I said this is one of those tests that caused Abraham's faith to grow. I don't understand. This is crazy. But you're God and I'm not, so I'm going to do this. I'm going to trust you. Today, Pastor Robert shares in his study how Abraham used a problematic situation to grow in his relationship with the Lord. Let's face it, life can be hard. If you try and solve all your own problems yourself, then you'll miss out on great opportunities to grow with God. You might even miss out on a critical lesson he's trying to teach you. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. His love is the main thing. He redefined the Christian faith in the state church in Germany based on what was best for Germany rather than what the Bible said. He forbade the reading of the Old Testament scriptures because that was too Jewish. He made them take down the crosses because that's too soft. I mean, who wants to follow a Messiah that says, turn the other cheek and, you know, and love your enemies, die for people? And people just went along with it, turning their backs on the Bible as the basis for their beliefs, hoping that things would just eventually work out. The most fascinating one for me was when they started literally changing the identity of Jesus. The Nazis decided that, well, we don't need, Germany doesn't need this soft, gentle, loving Messiah. No, we need a fierce, warlike Messiah. That's what we need. We don't need this Jewish Messiah. We need, I know, we'll make him Nordic. They literally said Jesus was a Nordic hero. It's like, he, no, the, the whole Jewish thing doesn't work for us. He, he was Scandinavian. You ever wonder where the blue-eyed, blonde hair thing comes from? So many of our paintings, some of it, you can trace back to that. Pretty soon, only pure Aryan men could be ordained as pastors in Germany. And the church went along with it. The church went along with it. All these things. Because pastors and leaders feared government more than God. And they used cop-out scriptures. Now listen, the Bible teaches us clearly, right, to respect our government, to obey those who are in authority civil government. But the Bible also teaches us not to fear them more than God. That's the balance. That's the balance. 
today, see, it's, it's, it's being done in reverse. Only the soft, all-accepting Jesus would ever you know, be, be condoned in public. The one who doesn't confront evil. The one who, you know, the, 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 who loves everybody and who would never turn over tables in a temple. Who would never confront religiosity and Phariseeism like the Jesus of the Bible. That's the one who's acceptable. The one who's just all-embracing and all-accepting. And as I've told you before, the problem with that is most of us have enough common sense that if we have small children, a pedophile is not welcome to dinner in our house. Why? Because we love our children. It's not that we hate the pedophile. Pray for him. If somebody breaks in your house in the middle of the night and you fear for the safety of your wife and your children, you are going to do your best to protect him, not because you hate the intruder. Don't have a thing against him except that now he has violated your home, your family. But see, once again, people in this country engage in magical thinking, adopting a complacent attitude, hoping things will just eventually work out without involving us. In contrast to those who engage in such thinking, Abraham gives us an example of a man who chose to trust in the nature and character of the God he worshipped. He trusted God personally when God gave him a crazy command. You know that son I gave you? Go kill him and burn him up. He saddled his donkey, took two of his servants, and set off on a three-day journey. Imagine mulling that over for three days, knowing what you're going to do, not knowing how God is... How, I don't know how you're going to fix this. But even if, I, even if I cut his throat and burn him to ashes, you're God and you've made promises concerning him. You don't lie. Apparently, you intend to put him back together and breathe life back into his body. And so he did what he was told to do. Now listen, see, he was not seen, we don't have any record of Abraham angrily ranting against the evils of his society, protesting and carrying picket signs and screaming and yelling. And you understand? And you think you and I live in a wicked world. Abraham actually lived in the midst of Sodom and Gomorrah, the places that were so wicked that God rained fire upon them. Do you understand? That's where Abraham lived. That's where he raised his children. That's where, that's where he raised his family. Right there in the midst of that, he was surrounded by it. What did he do? Well, he held fast to the promises that God had given him, and he worshiped and obeyed the Lord in humility to the best of his ability. And that's what you and I need to do. We need to worship, and we need to obey. You see that? You know, a few years ago, actually it was many years ago now, um, there was a, a young couple in the church. Both of them were, were working fashion models. And this young guy came to me at one point because he was new in the industry. His wife had been doing it a while. But he came to me and, and he said, Pastor Robert, I, man, I, I just I don't know what to do. This is, a, this is a wicked industry that I'm in. How do I live as a Christian within, and, and, and work in this industry? And I'd heard the question before. It wasn't the first time because that's kind of how the church started, you know, ministering to people in that industry. And, and so I said, well, the best thing I can tell you is basically follow the example of Daniel that's given to us in the Scripture. Don't put on your faith. Just don't take it off. You don't have to put it on in some special way to show how righteous you are, how holy you are, how Christian you are. No, that's foolishness. Don't do that. Just be sure you're living in private what you believe and then live that in public as well. You know, 
Personally, I got convicted not long ago because, I've, see, I've never wanted the whole thing about saying grace before a meal. I've never wanted that to be a ritual because I don't believe that's what is intended at all. I don't believe that's what the Lord wants. You know, my father wants me to acknowledge that he provided for me and thank him for it, not just take it for granted. He didn't have to do it. He didn't, he doesn't have to. Do you understand? He gives us so much in this country. We have such an abundance of food. And I question sometimes, I mean, you know, how are we actually grateful to him for the food that he gives us? And so as we were raising our children, Elizabeth and I, when when the kids were small, I deliberately didn't pray at the beginning of every meal. Sometimes I'd wait a little while. We'd get halfway into the meal. And then I'd say to them, you know what, let's let's stop and thank God for providing this food for us. And I used it as an opportunity. I taught them that we're thanking God for providing the food. It's not some ritual that we're doing, some incantation. And that's why you'll hear me sometimes tease people. You know, it's like, oh, we didn't, we didn't pray. You know, like you eat a couple of bites, you know. Oh, we didn't pray. We didn't pray. Well, you're not going to die. It's not like the food turned to poison because you didn't say the right words, you know, and now God's going to curse it. Ah, I got you. No, but he does want you to give thanks. And remember, he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to provide that. He's under no, no compulsion, no obligation. He doesn't owe you lunch at one, right? He doesn't owe you your daily bread. That's why Jesus said that we should thank him for it. We should ask him for it because he doesn't owe it to us. And I, I realized, you know, I'd gotten kind of lax, and sometimes I'd eat a meal and it's like didn't, didn't pray. And, and I, I got convicted that, you know, I need to give him thanks for every meal in private and in public. Be who you are, wherever you are. Trust God. Live your faith at home and, and outside. You see, like us, Abraham's obedience was sometimes flawed. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't perfect. His trust wasn't perfect. I'm so sure, like I said before, that Abraham had a long conversation with God the night before he saddled his donkey. Why, why do you want me to do this? I don't know if he got all of his questions answered or not, but he got it settled in his heart that he could trust God. That's why I said this is one of those tests that caused Abraham's faith to grow. I don't understand. This is crazy. But you're God and I'm not, so I'm going to do this. I'm going to trust you. He made a decision to trust God. And God used that to help him grow, to help increase his faith. That's how he works in our lives a lot of times. We're so glad you tuned in today for Pastor Robert's message in the book of Hebrews. If you'd like to hear today's teaching again or learn more about Main Thing Radio, visit our website at MainThingRadio.com. Before our time with you is through for the day, we'd like to take a moment and ask you to consider partnering with us here at Main Thing Radio. We'd be grateful if you'd take some time today to lift us up in prayer. As we continue to produce programs to spread the good news of the gospel, we want to make sure we're listening to our Creator first and following His directions always. Would you also pray for our listeners that each one would allow Jesus to speak truth into their heart? We have one more way you can join in what we're doing here at Main Thing Radio, and Tracy's here with the details. We all know that it's vitally important to support the local church, the place we call home. 
But it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that Main Thing Radio is missionary work? It is. We need your support to continue to share God's word over the airwaves. Please prayerfully consider financially supporting Main Thing Radio. Log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks, Tracy. Any amount you're able to donate is greatly appreciated and useful. Thanks for praying about this, and thanks for listening today to Main Thing Radio.